0: every team, every topic, everywhere this is believe. Welcome to the one the only Hog Talk podcast live from the Sterling Soap and Roastery Studios, we're part of the Believe and Buzz Radio Networks where you can hear us on all podcast platforms as well as Buzz 2106.7 in Central Arkansas. So please like, rate and review our podcast. And all live shows are presented to you by Arkansas Brewing Company in downtown Ozark. I'm Porter Hayes. Alongside me is Adam Hall. And this show is presented to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, and UFC to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take an advantage on all the amazing offers in 2023. And do not forget to use our promo code BLEAV to get 50% off on your welcome bonus bet online where the game starts and tonight we have a special tbt preview uh with inside tvt with andrew Zolden. uh to be honest i have been a fan of this tournament way before i mean covid really just blew this thing up but it's a unique tournament and we really appreciate you having having you on to talk about team arkansas and of course tbt as a whole
1: well, I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm, I'm fired up year 10 of TBT, so it's going to be the best one yet. That's my big, bold prediction is we're getting the best TBT so far in year
0: 10. Well, talk about your background, you know, for those who, you know, how did you get involved in TBT? How did Inside TBT get started and becoming the official and how cool is it that, you know, you get to be the official podcast for the hottest thing going on this summer?
1: Yeah. Well, it, it's great. It's, it's super, super, super cool. I, I started following TBT, you know, when the Ohio state team, they were scarlet and gray at the time they became Carmen Crew when they were playing in it. I'm a huge Ohio state fan. I have an Ohio state basketball podcast All where right. we cover the the college team. So that's where, you know, my love for TBT started. And then when March madness got canceled and my Ohio state podcast drive the lane, we couldn't talk about Ohio state basketball anymore I was like, we got to talk about something. So we reached out to Dan Friel and the rest of the team at TBT. And we said, hey, you know, you guys are going to play according to everything we're seeing. You guys are going to play in the bubble and be the first to do the bubble. We'd love to, you know, do the podcast for you. I did three versions of the tournament as just the podcast host. And now I'm lucky enough to be a a full-time employee. I'm the social media manager for... TBT and, and TST in addition to, you know, running the, the TB, inside TBT podcast. So it's it's been a, a cool and exciting journey, but, you know, just the beginning of not just inside TBT, but, of course, TBT as a whole.
0: Me, me, my journey was kind of similar. I mean, if you see the shirt I have on, before I got involved with Team Arkansas, I actually got this as a top fan package I got the the fan package with the pullover hoodie and the shirt and the shorts and stuff. So, you know, then I got involved with uh, Keith Kelly, you know, Team Arkansas, and then now Monty. But it's been really cool. Uh, We talked before we started recording of getting to go to Wichita and seeing the Aftershocks play. And, you know, there's a lot of chatter of who has the best venue. And, of course, I haven't been to, you know, where Bayheim's Army plays and stuff like that, but I don't see one that is, comes even close to being Wichita. And again, like we were talking about with Monty, you know, with them getting granted two regions, I think it speaks for themselves.
1: Yeah, it, it's insane here. And I'm excited because it's my first time getting to be in Wichita and experience the craziness that is, you know, the aftershocks and, and Wichita State fans. So I'm looking forward to it. But you mentioned. There's definitely other exciting venues out there. I mean, this year we're also at, at Freedom Hall in Louisville, which is super cool. It's going to be packed. We're down in Lubbock where, you know, the Texas Tech team actually plays, and that's going to be at United Supermarkets Arena, and that's going to be a, a big-time venue and selling a ton of tickets. And then, you know, there's a lot of programs out there that say they can put together an awesome version of TBT, whether it's, you know, it's Arkansas, like you mentioned, or, you know, I went to Mizzou. I would love if if TBT got to go to Columbia and, and, you know, put on a show there. So there's a lot of exciting venues out there to date, Wichita state, uh, Charles Koch Arena takes the cake as the top spot. I think they have like three or five. I think it's all five of the top five, you know, highest attended games in TBT history, which is really insane to think about. So I'm, very excited to see it you know for the first time in person but you know I'm also excited to tune in and see what's going on in, in Lubbock and Louisville I'll be in Louisville for a little but you know excited to tune into to Lubbock from you know from where I'm watching the games in Wichita
0: and just you know getting to see it in person I, I really you don't see this the, it's different than watching a college game I mean and that's where I want to go into with this is you know what makes it different than the college game is because it's growing men playing and grown men playing for money and the best way I can especially with the Elam ending it's like every point is like you're playing 21 and the score's 2019 I mean it is in the end it is very physical and that's where I give the refs a lot of credit other leagues you know it's soft and you know they're, they're whistle happy but I've been very impressed that the referees let these guys play. They know that these are men playing for a million dollars, two million dollars, and there's a lot on the line. So I think them actually letting them play keeps the emotions in check because if you start calling ticky-tacky fouls the last three minutes and a million, two million dollars is on the line, that could backfire not only on the game, but the TBT as a whole because people are going to be like, I don't even mess with that because, you know, just the way things are called at the end. Yeah, Seth
1: Greenberg says it best. He says no marshmallows allowed in TBT, <laughs> which I don't 100% know what that means, but I think it means if you're, you're big and puffy and soft, yeah. you shouldn't be playing in TBT, <laughs> which you just summed up right there. You're not going to get the whistle. You're not going to be able to, you know, flop and get a call or anything like that. So it truly is no marshmallows, whatever interpretation of that you want to take, but it it is a really, really exciting basketball environment. And I, I personally think the best part of it is how similar the product looks to the NBA, NBA summer league, college basketball. Like you're not watching a gimmicky version of basketball. You're watching an extension of the basketball that you know and love. And that's, that's what makes it great. And part of that is, you know, the chippiness, letting them play, not guys not getting teed up every time they turn and look at the ref, and that that's a credit to TBT, of course, but it's also a big credit to the refs that you know TBT and we we've brought in and, and given the ability to you know call the games as as they so please.
0: Got got, got a got a fan of TBT joining on, on the comment line. You know, that's the thing that I really like is you know. <laughs> How it took off, and, and you brought up COVID, and we needed sports. I mean, we, we got the last dance, and we got, you know, the bubble in the NBA. But I'm telling you, there was nothing like bubble TBT and watching that. And, and of course, I know Kathy Griffin, you know, and that family with Sideline. I really got in, involved with, with her as well because, you know, once you get involved in TBT, you know, there, you get realize there's a lot of teams that are playing for causes. There's a lot of teams that are playing for something. And kudos for Dan and the guys at TBT for allowing teams to form up, to have the Autism Army, which is – that was one of my favorite teams because, you know, my son has autism. So, I mean, I was rooting for them hardcore because it makes you want to be a fan. It gives you – challenge ALS. You know, all these teams, team mental toughness, all these teams that come in, and, and I just – I think the country was taken by storm when sideline cancer. I want to say they got beat by the, they get beat by the Golden Eagles, and then the Golden Eagles ended up splitting some of their prize money for sideline cancer and their cause. I just think things like that is what makes what t- separates TBT from other things that can't be touched.
1: I. Agree with you 100%, and that's great to hear that you were, you know, able to, you know, hitch your wagon to Autism <laughs> Army last year. This year they're back. They're a one seed, the program for autism in the in the Xavier Regional. Well, th- probably my favorite moment from TBT, maybe ever, in the bubble, was after Sideline Cancer beat Overseas Elite and Joe Johnson, a bunch of pictures came out of Joe Johnson, like, taking <laughs> pictures with the guys yep. after the game, which was, was so cool because – that's like a, a eight-time NBA All-Star who one didn't need to play in TBT. Two, it was a you know, global pandemic and it was a weird situation where not a lot of people were, you know, playing basketball. He chose to play, and not only did he choose to play, just the best possible loser in that scenario played great lost a great game took pictures with those guys so that's one of my favorite TBT moments is is Joe Johnson posing with you know Mo Creek and Marcus Keene and those guys after the game and I think it speaks to what you were saying in that like you know there's such powerful stories and, and such great fandom behind the alumni teams and it's just taken to a whole nother level when you add in the teams that are playing for for special causes
0: yeah and I know the inception of the TBT you know you want to okay, we when you're trying to market this we're like, hey, let's let all these college guys come in and, and form teams up and see who can rep their school, you know. And then you don't even think about outside the box when it starts to become big like Sideline Cancer and Autism Army and Challenge ALS, just how fast it explodes and being able to be. But beyond that, the Elam ending. You know, did you ever expect – this ending to take off the way it did and for the simple fact that all-star games are using it, high school, AAU. I mean, how cool is it since you've been watching it from like the beginning, you know, how cool is it to see where, you know, the Elam ending of all of this, that when you talk about the TBT, that's the, other than just the summer tournament, you think of the Elam ending.
1: Yeah, I think it's super cool. Um, it makes my job more exciting because – the blowout losses that, you know, kind of stink, whether it's one or two that we get per tournament still end in dramatic fashion, whether it's a deep shot or a or a crazy dunk to win the game. So yeah, I mean it's it's crazy to see how far it's come, but it's also not crazy when you think about, you know, how good of an idea it is. And we we all agree that it was a great idea and a and a great thing for the game of basketball. So in that regard, it doesn't, you know, surprise me too much that it's taken off. I do think it's it's crazy that the NBA All-Star game uses it. I will say, though, like the G League uses it in overtime and Summer League used it in overtime. But that that's kind of a different version. It's the same idea in the sense that you're playing to a target score, but it takes away a little bit of the fun when it's tied when you're doing that. It's cool when it happens a few times yep. during TBT every year, but the best part of the Elam ending is a team is up five and they choke it away. Yep. Or a team is down three and they hit a three right at the start of Elam ending. And it's like, all right, new game, you know, first to first to 78 now. So it's great that it's being adapted in other places. But where it really works and really is exciting is when the score is not tied yeah. at the under four-minute mark. But it's it's a perfect model to use in overtime because then you don't get, you know, 100 overtimes, especially when there's already um, load management and stuff like that and you want to reduce that as much as possible. So it's a great idea there, but the best part is when it's not tied and and stuff gets crazy.
0: Before we move on to team Arkansas talk, we're going to say that this episode is sponsored by blue chew. And let's talk about sex guys. Remember the days when you're ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Blue chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra Cialis and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Chew tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. Want to know if it works or do you think you need it? Try it for a month see. Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex and discover your options at BlueChew.com. And we've got a special deal for your listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code BUCKET. At checkout, just pay, pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code BUCKET. To receive your first month's free, visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we want to thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. And Adam Hall joins us. He's my co-host, and he's really been breaking down the, the Arkansas roster and some kind of stats. And we can, uh, you know, kind of talk about the subtractions from, you know, what we learned this week of this Roster, And I'm sure you see it on a lot of teams and not just the teams, but we thought we had Courtney Fortson and J.D. Note on the team, and they are no longer on the roster or part of the team. So, Adam, what's the roster looking like? And kind of break down what, what you're seeing from this team. Um,
2: so just what I've gathered from today in the roster that was put out this morning, I know, like you just said, Courtney Fortson, um, for whatever case may be, has bowed out. Um, so, I mean, I'm hoping to see Sonny Weems actually in uniform um, actually playing. Uh, I know, you know, in the past few years he's been on the team, but we haven't seen him on the court. Um, and I know a lot of Hog fans are wanting to see that because a lot of fans kind of wonder what these guys do if they're not playing in the NBA if after their Arkansas days. And so that's one thing I liked about the TBT in the beginning um, was seeing – one team that was, you know, solid Arkansas team. Um, Whereas now, you know, everything's – the majority of them are or they have Arkansas ties in some sort. But like with Sonny, you know, he's coming off his first season um, with the Loons in China, which is a new team. But, you know, the previous four years, he was with the – I can't even pronounce it, so we're just going to go with the Southern Tigers. I mean, they won the CBA titles for 2019, 20, and 21. So he's been just absolutely killing it in China, um, which I know he probably gets a lot more talk for the overseas Arkansas players than most. Adriel Bailey was a fan favorite with his time in Arkansas, so I love seeing him on the roster. Um, he's averaging fourteen and seven over in Slovenia, so you know he's not too far uh, removed from Arkansas. One that I honestly haven't thought much of um, over the years, but seeing Hunter Mickelson on the roster um, and looking at his stats, he is doing more than I thought he would um, in the game of basketball. So he's averaging 14 and seven for the team he plays for over in Czech Republic. Um, You know, after Arkansas, I think it was after Arkansas, he went to Kansas. So, but it's good seeing him back here. Um, There's a few guys on the team that, I personally don't remember from the different schools they played at. I do remember Jarvis Varnado; would he played with Mississippi State? Um, he was in the NBA a little bit. He won the. He was on the 2013 Miami Heat uh, championship team with LeBron and Dwayne Wade. But most of the time, he's been overseas, and I think he's still averaging. Um, He's still averaging double digits, almost double-digit rebounds, but he is more of a defensive presence. I Think if I remember back, he was the first, maybe still the only three-time SEC defensive player of the year for his time at Mississippi State. Um, Then we're looking at Dustin Thomas, who played at Arkansas and Colorado. He's been playing in Europe. Most most recently, he was in Kosovo. And then Sean Doss was at UAPB uh, in Pine Bluff. I mean, when he was there, he averaged 17 and a half a game, all SWAT conference. So, I mean, they've got scores. They've got the ability. It's just can they come together in the short amount of time um, and, you know, put a team on the court that can be cohesive.
0: And, Andrew, what, what is that when it comes to getting these guys to play together in a short, you know, how, how challenging it can it be? Because you're almost like in a – a sweet sixteen, you, you play two or three games in three days and then you have a week off and then you gotta go right back into the next round. You know, what are the challenges you've seen, you know, with teams coming together short notice and then trying to really go and put a from a physicality, like put together a tournament run?
1: Yeah, so these, these guys are pros, so it's it's actually more what other teams do versus what you do, in my opinion. You could show up you know, if you're if you're a great basketball player at this stage in your career, you could show up with no practice and you know, be able to fit in with the team. But if you're going up against a team that's had a two-week training camp, like Blue Collar U, the Buffalo team, they have a training camp at Buffalo, then it doesn't matter how good you are. You're gonna get run out of the gym with a team that has <laughs> chemistry. So it's more it's more what the other team does, if that makes sense. And obviously, You can control what you do. You can control if you have a training camp. But you can't control if your best player can't show up, you know, until whatever day. You can't control if if your best player tweaks an ankle and he's not practicing but he's ready to go for the game. You know, so sometimes you just get unlucky. I I think chemistry plays a huge factor, of course, in basketball and, of course, in TBT. But it's more like what what is the other team doing? What's my opponent doing? If your opponent has had just as much practice as you – and you have the better players, the expectation, you know, you're going to come out on top if you got the better players. But if you don't have – if you have better players, but the team that you're playing has been prepping for two weeks and you've been prepping for zero weeks, that's where you you run into into trouble, which, I mean, we now don't really know what this team's going to look like on, on Thursday for Team Arkansas, which is probably frustrating for, you know, some fans out there, and it's probably even more frustrating for, for the players and, and the team. But you know they're still going to have five guys out on the court at any given time that are really high level good basketball players, whether they're from Arkansas, played at Arkansas or not. So a- a- anytime you got, a- anytime you got a school from the caliber of Arkansas, anytime you got overseas guys that have pro experience, you got a chance to win every game. So am I going to sit here and say like, hey, Team Arkansas lost a few guys, they're going to lose by thirty? No, I'm not gonna say that, but I I did pick against them in my bracket before this news. Um but so so that's not changing and it actually probably guarantees a win for Team Arkansas that I'm picking, you know, <laughs> Ram up in, yeah. in, in my in my game. But yeah, I mean so much so much goes into it. Um but if you have a guy like Brandon Wood is the perfect example, played, you know, on the Valpo team the last few years. He could have a thirty-five point game and then it just doesn't even matter about, you know, Guy's not showing up because he showed up and he had 35. So I, this is not a team that's going to run the table and, and win TBT this year, but this is a team that could get hot in the first game and, and make a tiny little run. Um, but it's going to sound funny, but they could lose round one by 30. They could win round one by 30. You know, like literally any I'm, I'm – I'm in the unknown as much as everyone else about what – what product we're going to get on the court here come Thursday. But it should be a good matchup against against Ram Up. You know, if you factor in that Ram Up lost in the first round last year, but they looked really good. They brought back some guys. They brought in some new guys. It's, it's an exciting first-round matchup there for, for Team Arkansas. And, you know, hopefully we get to see some of the guys that you mentioned. But the road doesn't get easier. You got purple and black potentially in round two. And then congratulations, you'd have to play potentially the aftershocks yeah. in wichita <laughs> like you mentioned so if before the news of players being out you thought this was a a team that was making it to the final four no problem that was probably crazy but if you still think that it's even crazier
0: and and we've talked about the, the possibility of of arkansas hosting you know and and trying to get this thing in arkansas somewhere but i i i want to call a spade a spade and you know, this is the second year Arkansas has got a good seed and then have players black, uh, back out or not play. What, is, what do you think that does to the committee when it comes to seeding in future years? And where do you think that lies Team Arkansas through this team that starts kind of getting this, this notoriety or this reputation of, hey, we're, we're saying we're getting all these guys on our team, but then they end up not playing?
1: Yeah, I mean it's definitely it's definitely not great. But next year you could have five guys from this year's team that go pro and decide they want to play. So it's really a, a case by case, year by year basis. Yes, it's great if you're on top of your stuff every single year and you don't have any issues like this, but you know, every every team struggles with this. Guys sign contracts at the last minute, guys get hurt. So Arkansas could have the best team in the world next year, everyone shows up to practice and three guys tweak their ankles yep. in practice. You know, it's just, it's what happens. So I don't necessarily think that the the committee is looking at this and it's going to impact whether or not they post a regional next year. Yep. It's It's a team that, you know, th- that we, everyone knows what the atmosphere could potentially be like there. It's more of like, what's the team looking like you know, right after TBT this year, you know, are, are guys recommitting? Mm-hmm. Are, are the younger guys who they haven't gotten to play yet, showing interest, being active on social media is, you know, it's, is it something that, that Coach Muss is, is super interested in now? So yeah. there's just so many factors that, you know, w- w- would take it so much deeper than that. Um And another thing is, like, how do you ever leave Wichita? You know, exactly. and, like, yeah. could you have – could you have multiple regions that close to each other? So we'll see. It's, you know, it's changed. It changes every year, four regionals, eight regionals, a bubble, one regional. You know, so it's it's exciting, and it keeps people on their toes, and you never know what you're going to get next year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, six different champions over, over nine TVTs. You know, they had – uh, you know, one team won four times. My math might be off somewhere, but Overseas Elite won four times. Uh, you yeah. got the Notre Dame team, and then Golden Eagles, Bayheim's Army, Carmen's Crew, and Blue Collar U. So six champions as we head into the 10th TBT. I mean, Blue Collar U is the favorite for sure. I know you didn't ask me about that. Blue Collar U is the favorite, but, I mean, I would be shocked if we don't have a new champion this year just because of how hard it is to win.
0: Well, and, and we're looking at this bracket. I mean, there's no tough region at all. I mean, yes, Arkansas kind of got a, a a decent draw when it comes to if you're looking at their success, fully healthy, of course. What we're looking at, you know, with Bill Street, Broad Street, be one. There's a lot of newer teams, you know, other than you have Ram up, purple and black, the guys that you know, St. Louis, which who Arkansas played last year in the first round, and if they wouldn't have played first round. Last year, they would have probably played them first round this year. They didn't want, you know, the the rematch of the first round again. But, yeah, when you're looking at all these teams, I mean, look at this. I mean, you're talking about team overtime, Carmen's crew, first round. I mean, there's a lot of first-round matchups, and, you know, you getting to be in Wichita for both, you know, regions. You know, what are you looking the most out of this TBT per se? And, again, if you're not picking – Blue-collar you, who do you think wins it all?
1: A team that I really like is Zip'em Up and the Air Raiders, and the reason I like those teams is because I don't I don't think those regionals are necessarily as loaded as the other ones we're talking about right now. I mean, West Virginia is a gauntlet. Syracuse has the last two champions, really the last three champions because there's a bunch of Golden Eagles scattered throughout the Syracuse regional, two of them being on Boeheim's Army in – Uh, Dwight, (laughs) Dwight Bikes (laughs) and Jamil uh, Wilson, but there there's definitely some interesting matchups throughout. Like I said this on a show the other night in TBT, the one seeds and two seeds, you're not playing a 15 seed and 16 seed. You're playing an eight seed and then you're playing, you know, a two, three, four or five seed in the second round. So it's a very, very hard second round matchup, no matter where you are. Um, you know, within TBT, we're we're talking about how that the roadie way versus blue collar U potential second round matchup could be, you know, a, a scary one for blue collar U. And there's no guarantees in TBT, like I've said about thirty times so far. But you know, what I'm so my bracket will be official tomorrow. I have a few more hours to make changes, but as of right now, I have Zip 'em Up winning, and that's as of right now. And that's not really public yet. However, <laughs> breaking I, news: <laughs> it could change. It could change. But as of right now, I have Zip 'em Up winning. I think they have a, a good road. Um, I maybe I have a little bias towards those guys because they come on the show all the time and they're they're funny and they make good <laughs> content. But that's who I have as of now holding up the trophy. And I saw a crazy play today on social media from practice where Mark Lyons threw a no look backwards pass alley-oop so that that didn't help bring down my hype and excitement for the team at all but that's my pick as of right now which like I said earlier that's probably the kiss of death for zip them up they're probably very upset that I'm making that
0: pick it's like like Corso's helmet we put it on they don't don't want you to put it on but yeah exactly but man I know it's going to be a busy week this thing starts off Thursday I'm really looking forward to, to watching it it's it's almost like you know March Madness in, in, in July and August, and, and it's a, been a fun tournament. Fans, if you're not get involved in TBT, I suggest you turn your TVs on this weekend and watch. It's a different kind of basketball, but very exciting. It's in no way, shape, and form is it second class yeah. basketball because they these are former pros. These are guys who play overseas and, and still getting with it. So, Andrew, really want to appreciate you coming on. And I was going to try to make it to Wichita this year, but logistics just couldn't make it make it happen. But I'm looking forward to trying to uh, definitely making it wherever uh, Arkansas ends up next year.
1: Well, if you can make it out to the quarterfinal game or anything, you know, uh, I'll, I'll, I would love to say what's up. You know, grab a, a beer or something. But if you're if you're not able to make it out here, like you were saying, unfortunate, but. As long as Team Arkansas is in there, I'm sure you'll be tuned in, and it sounds like you guys will be tuned in 20 years from now yep. if there's no Team Arkansas. <laughs> so appreciate you as a fan. Appreciate you for letting me come on the show, hey, no and problem. hopefully tbt delivers this year like it always does and if arkansas makes a little run and i eat my words you know i'm happy to come back on the show and talk about what's going right for them.
0: i'll gladly eat some crow along with you but for adam hall porter hayes andrew zolan this has been another episode of the hog talk podcast again catch us on sunday as we'll go over what we went what we got from sec media days and of course previewing the arkansas razorback football season